Johnson County property owners recently received updated notices of appraised value in their mailboxes. Today, we'll visit with the county appraiser to talk about recent trends in the market and what those notices mean for residents. Whether you live in or just love Johnson County, Kansas, JOCO On The Go has everything Johnson County. Here's what's happening and what's coming up in the community you call home. Thanks for joining us for JOCO On The Go. I'm your host, Andy Highland. I work in public affairs at Johnson County Government. And joining us today to talk about property valuations in Johnson County is County Appraiser Bo Bavay. Bo, welcome. And can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role? Um, well, hello, Andy. Uh, uh, I've been the Johnson County appraiser now for uh, four four years and about six months. Um, I've been enjoying it. I came from Arizona where I've been in the appraisal industry for 26 years. So uh, I'm still doing the same kind of work I've been doing most of my life. I enjoy it a lot and uh, have a good time. So let, let's start today by addressing that piece of mail that residential property owners are receiving from your office. Can you explain that notice of assessed valuation to our listeners and describe a little bit of the information that's contained there? Sure, I can do that. Uh, so what they're going to receive is the notice from us that says um, Johnson County Fraser's office. It's going to be in the upper left-hand corner. And in there, it's going to say 2024 annual notice of value. Dash, this is not a tax bill. This is just to talk about what the value is from our office's determination for the 2024 year. And just below that will be a green box. And that green box will be the mail date, which is actually February 26th. And they should be in their mailboxes by either Thursday or Wednesday of the same week. And that will be their notices they have. The other information in that green box is the deadline date for filing an appeal if they want to file an appeal after reviewing it. And that is March 27th. So they are both in the little green box up near the top. If you move down a little bit further, you see their name and address and just general information about their property. And then there's two more green boxes below that. The one on the left-hand side is last year's notice of value or the final values if they filed an appeal and got a reduction. And the one on the right-hand side is the actual 2024 notice. So you can look at last year's value versus this year's value. And the majority of our properties did go up, um, not significantly like they had in previous years. It was more of a stable market this year. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But that's what the top part of the notice looks like. The next part of the notice actually looks like um, has information about comps for your property. Com those are comparable sales that we we think in our office would represent your particular that particular property owner. And so therefore they can kind of look those over and see. The other thing I would recommend they do is also look for the comparables in their neighborhood that maybe weren't on the list that they know sold or any other property that sold that they think is a better representation. If they think it's a better representation and it's lower than the value we have, then I would encourage them to file an appeal. After, below that is just the uh, assessment ratio chart. This talks about all the assessment ratios that are used in, in, the, in Kansas, and therefore uh, they may not need to worry too much about it, but it's just general information we're required to provide. So that's the actual notice itself on the front side. The back side is actually the appeal form. And that way they can fill it out and mail it, give it back to us, make a copy of it, mail it to us, scan it in their computer, send it to us. 
Um, or they can go online and actually file an appeal on our webpage electronically and then upload any pictures or data or documents they want there. So that's kind of what the notice is like um, front and back side. That's great. And how, how do you come up with the amount of that increase? I think that's a question many people have is, you know, well, gosh, I, 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 I see it went up by this much. How do you determine that number? Uh, we actually analyze the sales. We uh, take all the sales that occur and we, of course, group them in what we can call homogeneous groups. So like two bedroom, three baths or three bedroom, two baths, those type of homes, ranch style versus a split level versus uh, a walkout basement. Those are all the types of characteristics we use. And we actually did determine through the sales analysis of a number of a lot of sales what value you would place on those different components of the house. Two-car garage, three-car garage, pool, patio, uh, front porch, size of the land are all characteristics that we look at and determine values for all of those. Then we take those values that we've determined by the components and apply them back to all the properties that didn't sell. So therefore, everybody's being treated the same across the board as it relates to what the new market is. And then in most cases, it does go up in a positive market where we've been in a positive market for many years. Um, in the last couple of years, we're much more positive in terms of percentage of increases than this year. Our average increase this year is right around 7%. So that means that's the overall average, which means most of our properties are going to fall somewhere between 3% and probably 8 to 10%. We still will have a few that will be in the double digits. Um, most of the time, they're ones that remodeled or they're ones that were totally tore down and built a brand new house. Um, that typically that land value would be the only thing left. So, of course, it'd be a big increase when you add a house to it. So that's kind of how we do our, our basic analysis. And you mentioned the increase of about 7%. How does that compare to previous years that we've seen? Uh, last year, we were 11.5% was the average increase. The year before that was like 10.4%. And then the year before that, which was the pre-pandemic, was in the 6% range. So typically in, in Johnson County, we've averaged between 6, 7, 7.5% in what we would consider normal years. Those are the years outside of the pandemic. The pandemic was unique because the interest rates dropped to 2 and 3%, and therefore people were spending their money on their homes and upgrading or selling that home and upgrading to a new home that's a little bit bigger, better, and at 2% when their original interest on their mortgage was probably around 55 to 6%. So that really kind of sparked a lot of activity, a lot of people buying a lot of buyers per individual house on the market, which of course pushed the values up because you started having bidding wars. That seems to have now died off for the most part. We're still seeing some, some market indications of multiple buyers, but not to the degree we saw before. Maybe one or two, three, maybe even four, but not the seven, eight, nine, ten 10 buyers trying to get into the same house. Um, so therefore, I think it's shrunk down that inflated purchase price. Some of them are still selling for more than the asking price because you have multiple buyers, but not like we were seeing 30%, 22% increases before. Uh, excuse, excuse me. 
and I think you you just uh, you've talked about this a bit, but why why do those values go up every year? I mean, what are the factors in the market that you think really are driving these prices up? Uh, there's a high demand for people to want to move here. And when you have a high demand to move here and you have very little inventory, our developers do not build spec homes like they used to prior to the recession that occurred around 06, 07, um, because then they got caught with having to pay all the taxes on the homes that sat there for a couple of years before they got purchased. So they just aren't putting the money, putting the energy into that. Plus the cost to build has gone up significantly. Labor, materials, um, we're seeing we're seeing some delay for getting materials, especially if it's coming from overseas. And so therefore your costs go up. And then that's another reason why they don't, don't have an investment on spec homes like they used to. So of course, all of that drives up value because you still have people who want to move here. So people will try to pay what it takes to get here. We have good schools, we have good services, we have great parks. Um, you know, it's, it's just a good place to live in, in the Kansas City area. So everybody wants to try to be here, they can. And I think, you know, one of the questions we hear from listeners or two is why, how do improvements to your property affect the value of it? So if you make an improvement to your house, does that necessarily translate into a correlating jump in value? Uh, it depends on what they're actually improving. Typically, if you, you know, you improve a, a house by putting a new roof on it or putting in, you know, a hot water heater, um, it already had a hot water heater, you know, you improve your air conditioning, your heating system, it already had that. So those are not things that typically into it improve the value drastically. Well, a lot of times it's when they remodel a kitchen, remodel bathrooms, because they're high expense items to remodel. Um, and then they're also having to, to compete with meeting the new building codes, which means they may be doing new electrical work, plumbing work, some of those other things, which would then obviously change the value when you're now up to snuff, so to speak, with the building codes. And I think many residents see an increase in their property values and they think, oh, their mind's jumping right to higher taxes as a result. And, and you mentioned before, this is not a tax bill is printed right on that that mailing notice. But describe how these valuations are tied to tax rates sure. and how they how you use them to arrive at, at someone's tax rates, because they are related, but not the same. Well, they are. They are related in that by law, we're required to value the properties in a fair and equitable manner so that property owners are paying their fair share of taxes, whatever that fair share looks like. So. What happens is you think of it as like a teeter-totter in a perfect system of valuation and taxation. When the values go up on a teeter-totter, the levy would drop because you only need so many dollars for services and materials and equipment and staff, right, for cities, counties, or whoever. And so the question is, is when the values go up, to what degree does the teeter-totter come down on the levy side. Well, that's the, the decision by school boards, you know, city council members, uh, count the county board uh, to decide what is the spending amount need to be for that new year, which would cover inflation costs for buying, you know, their services go up just like everybody else's. 
Um, and then what is that number? That's that's a sometimes a hard number to figure out. I mean, I, you know, we all struggle that even with our personal budget sometimes, right? So, um, but it's kind of like a teeter-totter in theory, how it works. Uh, but it's really hard to determine how much is going to go up or how little is going to go up. Um, if, if you have a house that actually drops in value, you might see your tax bill go down. And we always have a handful of properties that when they bring something to our attention during the appeal season from last year, we make that correction for the new year. They may see a, a slight reduction, $10,000, $20,000 for the next year, which means it went down, didn't stay up. So that happens sometimes. And you just mentioned the appeal process there. And I know that that you have a process in place. You've alluded to it a couple of times here already. Uh, if a, a, a resident or any property owner disagree, disagrees with your appraisal of their property, uh, what is their recourse? Can you describe or the process you go through to file an appeal and what you need to do? Sure. So there's a, a couple of ways to file an appeal. You can fill out the back of the form, like I suggested. I would also, if you do that, I would suggest you make a copy of it to keep, then you can mail it in with your evidence. You can mail in your notice, that notice, and then turning your evidence within, um, you know, we within 15 days of that, we have a mailbox outside or they can mail it to us. We have a lot of people who will just drive by and drop it off in their mailbox that's out in our parking lot. Um, the other way we get evidence is, or an appeal is online now. We have a brand new online appeal portal that we've been testing for the last couple of years. And it has now been able to go live for any property type. We kind of started with residential, but now it's commercial can do it, residential, agricultural. Any type of property can now file online and then upload their documents without actually having to come down here or you know pay for it to be mailed to us. So that's great. And I, I think that that's going to be really welcome. And we'll include a link to that online portal in the uh, in the notes of this uh, episode. Uh, but I, I think, you know, I imagine you see a lot of appeals that are successful and some that are not so successful. What distinguishes a successful appeal from an unsuccessful one? And what should a property owner do if they want to successfully make their case for a reduction? Uh, I think it's really making sure they have good documentation, good photographs. Um, if they really think that the, the house has serious issues, you know, make requests that we actually do a field inspection. We've had some, some of those we've done in the past, especially if they have actual serious um, deterioration of the construction of the property. Uh, we see a lot of that in basements that have cracked and leaking, stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the pictures are, you know, they say a lot, they speak a lot of words, right? You can see this stuff. Um, but then anything they can give us in terms of documentation, that's the key for us. And then we, you know, if they ask for a meeting on phone or in person, then they can have that conversation with our staff member about their data that they supplied versus what we have in terms of information. Many times the adjustments we make are because they're things we don't particularly know about. We don't go into homes unless we're requested to go in. And so we're making, you know, um, our our opinion of value from a professional standpoint based on what we see on the outside and based on our experience. 
as an appraiser. So sometimes we keep, we get that right. Sometimes we don't because we don't really know what's inside without going in sometimes. So, so that would be my recommendation is good, good documentation, good pictures, send it in, have your meeting. And what about, uh, you mentioned also comparable values. Do you see much success there? I mean, I know you all do a, pr a pretty good job of trying to track values, but imagine there are cases where somebody may be able to make a case by demonstrating similar valued properties that, that have other things. Does that path work out well sometimes? It, it, it does. And that happens a lot. Um, sometimes the sales affidavit maybe doesn't get to us. And so we don't even know that sale occurred. That's rare, but it does happen. Um, the other part of it is, um, especially with, with the sale, with that market is they know their neighborhood a little bit better than we do. They may know about some physical damage or non-physical damage to a property that we think we have a different opinion on that sold, right? So that's always important too. So yeah, we see we see a number of people who do are successful with their sales, um, our information that they provide us. Very good. And uh, going back to the real estate market now, I think, are, are there some areas of the county that are seeing higher increases than others? And, and what are those spots where the market is particularly hot uh, right now? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Andy, the market is really hot in the Spring, Spring Hill area. There's been a lot of new constructions of new subdivisions being put in down there. And of course, the uh, new homes selling are selling higher than the resale homes. And so therefore that would does influence the land values along with the with the the area um we still are trying to do a new home with an with an older home but the land value is still the land value and that's cons consistent right wherever the far northeast there are some areas up there um that are still you know like westwood that area has got some theirs is usually more because they tear down an old house and build a new one <laughs> Right. <laughs> so so it's a little unique up in that area with Leewood and Prairie Village and that. But um, but those are two hottest areas this year. Um, most everything else is going to, like I said, going to be right around that three percent to eight um, percent increase. And there's a, there's a handful in the double digits, but it's a pretty, pretty small percentage compared to the overall two hundred fifty eight thousand single family homes that we have. And, and what even county duplexes, you know, triplexes yeah. and all that. <laughs> right, right. Uh, what can you tell us about the average value of a home in Johnson County this year? Well, this year it's going to be five hundred and eleven thousand dollars. And when they uh, when our actual report comes out on Thursday after the presentation to the board of commissioners, county court of board of commissioners, it'll be available on our website for people to go look at and they can see the data related to um, their area, their city, um, and see exactly how things have gone in that area. Uh, one of the biggest influences, of course, is the interest rates are still high compared to what they were. So you're not seeing as much of an activity as you've seen in the past, but you're still seeing, like I mentioned before, homes that are selling with multiple buyers listed because they still wanna move here and they can afford that 6% in interest on their mortgage. Um, so that's what we're seeing mostly right now in the marketplace. And are there any other real estate trends you want to mention or 
think about that we haven't talked uh, about yet? In the commercial area, we're seeing the discussions and we're actually starting to see some conversion of office and hotels into apartments. So we're a little bit, it looks like we're a little bit over, over square footage in terms of total square footage for offices and hotels. And therefore we're starting to see conversions starting to take place. We have had our first two projects approved this year. They haven't been finished yet, but they've been approved. Um, and I know that's a trend across the country too, where they're taking office space and hotel space where there's just not the business and converting them into uh, apartment types facilities. Because they have the they have the basic infrastructure to do that, so so those that's an interesting trend going on right now. <laughs> Very good, and I, I know you're going to be out visiting with a number of stakeholders across the county in the coming days and weeks, and as these as this information begins to roll out, can you just talk about that process and what kind of groups you normally go out and speak to, and how you help spread this word that we're talking about right now. Sure. Well, we first we start with the board of commissioners on the be this Thursday, the twenty uh, ninth will be our meeting. Then we start our first meeting with the cities that afternoon. So it'll be the the smaller cities up in the northeast corner. We meet with them first. That's kind of been the tradition normally, and then starting Friday we start traveling around, meeting with all the cities their managers and usually the mayor, a couple of other key people for their cities. We go through the whole presentation that you're going to see at the board of commissioners in a much detailed level. And then we talk about their city specific, the values and the, inf and the information about their city. Uh, we will be doing that through March 11th. And we'll also touch in there the school boards and the fire districts. Then usually after March 11th, I start getting requests for uh, meetings with local organizations like the Rotary Clubs, um, homeowners associations, and those type of entities. And so we start booking those from sometime after March 11th. And we're usually done with those meetings that are more public, just with the public, usually around the middle to the end of April. So we stay pretty busy. This time of year, just having just meeting and talking about what the values are and what the market is doing in Johnson County. <laughs> very good. Very good. And this is a lot of great information. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? I know you have a lot of great information on your website as well. Uh, yeah, I would always say go to our website if you want to look for something. Uh, the biggest thing I remind them is like I think I do this every year is remind them if they really think there's something that just doesn't look right with that value for them when they get the notice, they should contact us and consider filing an appeal. They they can talk to us first if they want to do that. That's up to them. But, you know, like everything, you know, statistically, we could, we're, we're good for about 85 to 90% of the properties. So that 10 or 15% is either too high or too low. And we never hear from the ones that's too low, but we always hear from the ones that feel it's too high and, if they feel too high, they should be filing an appeal so we can talk to them. Very good. And and thanks again for visiting with us and, and sharing this information. I think it's great stuff for folks to hear and understand. Um, and so thanks for joining us. Well, you're welcome, Andy. I appreciate it. And again, the public might have an open door policy. They're welcome anytime. So. Very good. You just heard Joko on the go. 
Join us next time for more Everything Johnson County. Have a topic you want to discuss? We want to hear from you. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at JocoGov. For more on this podcast, visit jocogov.org backslash podcast. Thanks for listening.